Hello, hello. This is Postgres FM episode 76. My name is Nikolai, and as usual, together with me is Michael. Hi, Michael. Hello, Nikolai. So today's topic is super interesting and uh, very popular, right? Not exactly. Uh, I chose this one. Okay. Therefore, it's boring. But we will learn something new, which is good. I hope so. Even if it's useless, it's still new. Good. To, uh, we're here to learn, right? So Nikolai's teasing me because <laughs> I've picked the topic hash indexes, which are, um, it, well, until relatively recently, uh, were highly discouraged by the Postgres docs and um, not very sensible to use. But Until Postgres 10. Yes. But have been in Postgres uh, for a long, long time. I looked into the history of it. And therefore, some people must think they're useful. And I definitely think there's one or two use cases for them. But more to the point, I think they're very interesting for people. I think this is the kind of thing that will make you appreciate the B-tree index as well. And also understand a little bit more about trade-offs we make when we're we're choosing things within Postgres. Indexes, right? I mean, yeah. why Post- doesn't Postgres choose indexes? Index type for us. We just want like make it fast, and that's it, right? It should choose. Okay, different question. Are hash indexes more useful than the money type data type? Oh, I think so. Yes. Okay, this is already better. I hope we will never have an episode about the money data type. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, should we start with what hash index is? Yeah, hash function, hash index, right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Hash table. Um, yeah. yeah, so in fact, that's a good point. That a lot of people have come across hashing from, well, looking at query plans so for hash joins or, you know, backend uh, engineers, very familiar with hash tables, can be a very efficient way of taking a value, hashing it. In this case, we get a, well, Postgres behind the scenes is calculating a four-byte integer storing that and then in future if we want to look up the value by equality and and equality only we can hash the value we see and look it up in the in the index in this case so people that like uh, theory talk a lot about big o notation don't they so this is one of those things that i struggle to love but it has a low like O1 is what people often say. I'm not sure it's strictly true, depending on how deep down that rabbit hole you dive. But yeah, it's it can be very, very efficient for looking up things by equality, especially in certain conditions. So that's like, you, you actually a couple of things on details. I didn't realize you could, and it makes sense, but you can use a hash index on any value, any uh, data type, which is quite cool. I guess the same is true. Postgres has things. a lot of internal hash, hashing functions for all data types and also for the record. So you can say record uh, for some table and mm-hmm. it, it will give you a hash, uh, integer four, right? Regular integer 32 bytes or well, bits. 32 bits. Bit, four byte, yeah. Yeah. And I actually recently rediscovered it and used. It was interesting. I didn't use the hash index, but I used uh, one of probably hash text function. Uh, yeah, I rem- it was hash te- text function. I needed to, you know, when you need to re-index a lot of indexes, and it's a huge database, 
For example, after upgrade to Postgres 13 or 14, 14 especially, you need to re-index a lot of bit re-indexes to start benefiting from uh, the optimizations Peter Gagan and others implemented. And uh, obviously, you need to re-index. Okay, you will do re-index concurrently and so on. It's good, but the uh, question will be how to move faster. Uh, there are parallel workers, as we discussed, and so on. But probably you will decide to use multiple processes to issuing the index concurrently command. And in this case, if two of them uh, try to reindex two different indexes which belong to the same table, you will have a deadlock, right? So my yeah. obvious idea was we just need to attach each table associated with particular worker. And to do it, I, I just took a table name, calculated, yeah. Hashtag, hash text from it and then model a number of uh, workers. If I have, like, for example, five workers, I just... So we have table name, hash text function. The hash text function produces number, like integer four number, and then mm -hmm. we just uh, model of five, like uh, remainder of the division. Uh, it will be like zero, one, two, three, four. That's it again, and zero, one, three, four. And, uh, each index associated with particular table name will always go to particular workers, so there will never be a conflict, never, no more deadlocks, right? Nice. So this this is how you can redistribute work. Maybe also arm check if you need to redistribute. Mm -hmm. You need to check a lot of indexes for corruption. You can also use many, like sixteen workers, for example, and you redistribute work like to avoid deadlocks. So hash text is useful. I was was already like CRC thirty two or something. I was thinking, oh, I need to. Oh, by the way, I asked my bot to advise me, and it says, oh, there is hash text. What is hash text? I never used it before, or maybe I just forgot. And it, yeah, then I, I if you in PSQL, if you say backslash df, uh, then hash star, you will see more than fifty functions. We checked it before the call. More than 50 functions, many of them return integer 4, some of them return integer 8. So it's good uh, to have a lot of already implemented functions. You don't need to care, just use it. Right? Good? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Small comment, uh, slightly off topic. Yeah, I mean, related to hashing, but I guess completely unrelated Not, uh, to no hashing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so you mentioned already the there's a big change in the history of hash indexes that I think is worth mentioning, and that's the version 10 made hash indexes crash safe or uh, right head low. Right yeah. mm -hmm. Which is really important. Like before that, it meant if you had like, it, it made them basically unusable or un, unsafe to use, especially in a high availability setup if you had replication and then failed over your your replica wouldn't have that index and if you ephemeral indexes yeah right but no more so it's it's, it's solved the same was solved with gist uh, very long ago very long ago. originally gist was also not wall mm. wall, wall supported in wall at all but uh, it was like 20 something years ago it was implemented well, speaking of 20-something years ago, I was looking up, I was trying to find out when hash indexes were added, and the Git history doesn't go far enough back, I don't think, and the docs, the, the online docs 7.2 is the oldest version on the online docs, and they have hash indexes, so that's as far back as 2002 already, so they're more than 20 years old as well. 
Well, I'm quite sure they are older because it's maybe one of yeah. the simplest type of index you can implement. And but interesting that uh, Vol was not implemented uh, so long, right? Right until tw- 2017, right? I think you'd struggle to get. I, I could be wrong, but I think if we didn't have fat hash indexes in Postgres today, they wouldn't get added and they would be encouraged to be added via an extension. That's my guess as to how they would be implemented if they, if they were done today. But I mean, I might be, or maybe, maybe, maybe via the contrib modules. Well, yeah. Maybe. But we have them. They're first class supported. They're, they're, they're well uh, logged now. They're replicated and everything crash safe, uh, even while they're doing complex operations, it we might get to a bit later, it will recover. So we can use them if we want to, I guess the question then is why would we, and you, you mentioned something before the call I found very interesting and it's probably very telling, but should I ask you, have you, have you ever used the hash index? Only in uh, experimentational environments, never on production. Yeah. I think I saw them. In, in the wild, you know, saw them and yeah. was super curious. I can believe that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't think I ever seriously consider them, but you, you need to take into account that version 10 and, and later it's, it's already my mostly consulting practice. Before that, I created a lot of systems, social networks and so on there. Mm-hmm. It was before Postgres 10, so never considered them. So I, I, my memory says stay away from them. That's a really good point. So it's only since 2017 that it sh- you should even be considering using these. So I'd like to first cover, I know there's going to be quite a few limitations that we need to talk about, but I'd like to cover some of the potential benefits of hash indexes. Like I think there's a couple that are worth mentioning. The and size? Yes. So they, they can be, so for, imagine if you are hashing a fairly large string or even number, or just a piece of data that is more than four bytes. When you are indexing it with a hash index, it's only having to store four bytes, or you know, a bit, a bit more. But you know, it's it's not having to store that value in the index, and that means for larger data types or larger values, it can be significantly smaller than a B tree index, with some caveats. Naturally. There are some optimizations for B-Tree that we've got in recent versions. And yeah, this it really stands out for larger values, basically, and uh, for indexes that are unique or mostly unique, like, oh, sorry, for columns that are uni- unique or mostly unique. So that's a big difference as well. But there are cases like that, right? Like the I did a, a collaboration with, Haki Benita for his blog, and he did a lot of the work. He deserves most of the credit, but he he put me down as a co-author, which was kind of him. And uh, we looked at quite a few things. And for the use case that he had for hash indexes, which was a URL shortening service, you get some quite large URLs can be quite large strings in the grand scheme of things, especially full URLs. So they they actually came out quite a lot smaller when you put a hash index on it versus a B tree, which is pretty cool. E- even post deduplication, because these are largely going to be unique. We didn't make them completely unique, but largely your URL shortening thing is going to be unique strings. So yeah, they can be significantly smaller. They can be significantly bigger depending on your data. But I think size is underrated in terms of uh, index types. I think not only we're going to look at performance in a bit, but 
space and the cash. You know, we've talked about this kind of thing before, but I think it is worth mentioning. Yeah, by the way, if we try to index in a regular way with P3 some large text values, there is some limitation. I always forget. Oh, it, good point. Is, yeah, so sometimes we just need to apply hash and use expression expression B3 on top of it. But it's not, of course, it's not hash index, but we, we use combination, right? In this case, we cannot order uh, these values, yeah. but uh, for exact matching, this is what can work well. Right. Why did you why do you hash it and then put a B-tree index on instead of just putting a hash index on? Because again, I'm old guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like again, my memory says stays away from by the way, uh, with my bot and GitHub, we just checked when uh, hash built uh, the hash built uh, function was added and it's 27 years ago, original Postgres 95. 27. Yeah, original source code of Postgres 95. Wow. Committed by, by Mark Fournier. It was uh, already, it had already this hash build, which is, which builds new, a new hash index. So this is super old stuff. I think maybe it, it's even came from original Postgres. Obviously it came, it came from original Postgres, maybe even from Ingress. Who knows? So maybe it's even more than 30 years ago. Yeah. Very cool. But yeah, that's another advantage, right? There's no limit to the size. So you think, yeah, lim lim yeah, that's great. So you think I just can create hash index yeah. if I have very large text values? You're losing the same things, mm. right? You can't order by them. And yeah, that it's, it's, you're kind of mm. doing a self-rolled one, which maybe even proves that we don't need them. <laughs> but I think less, fo less footprint, right? Because you're having to, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I think there might be some weird trade-offs around maintenance, but... I think you'd largely recreate them, yeah. So if I say create table uh, T something as select and then I say repeat as column C1 and I repeat some letter a million times, I have obviously a text value, million letters, then I say create index on this value, on this table, on this column. In this case, uh, B3 will say index row requires 11,464 bytes, so 11K, right? Mm -hmm. Um, ah, in my case, but maximum size is uh, 8K. Okay, like block size. Uh, but if if I say using hash, right? Using hash, same column, create index. Yeah, it works. So why do I? Okay, I'm old guy. I have old habit. I need to get rid of it. Actually, this is perfect well, case. Consider I, it. Large yeah. text values. I don't need to hash first and then betray. I just hash index in this case. Hmm. I will need to think about it. Thank you. This is unexpected. There are some reasons you might not Simple. want to do this. Why? Okay, well, let's go through the positives first. I promise the positives. Size can be, it can be worse, but it can be a lot better. Speed can be better. Not just lookups, but also average latency of inserts. I uh, definitely had some discussions with Hacky when we were reporting these numbers that we could have done a better job, I think. I hold my hands up. This was a couple of years ago, and I've learned a lot since then. But um, inset performance on a batch was, or when we were inserting one row at a time, was about 10% slower, I think, for the B-trees than versus hash, which I was a bit surprised by because I knew there was some overhead around splits for hash indexes or higher overhead some of the time. But lookup performance... But the, tree, I, the tree also has split sometimes, right? So yeah, obviously. of course. 
So we need to compare. Yeah, in this case, we don't. We, we cannot say hash this has hash index has this disadvantage, and that's it, right? B three also has this disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. So are, they're kind of bigger splits, less often. Yeah, that's a good point. But lookup speed, I was expecting a difference, and admittedly, they're both really fast, right? We're talking about basically key lookups. So B-trees, we've always raved about how good they are at you know, like key lookups, right? That's what, yeah, just a few pages to, to find a proper reference to, to like, yeah. it's just a few, few blocks to, to fetch from disk or to read from yeah. page cache. And then, and we were, I think we only did, we did about 100,000 lookups, and it was both of them were under a second to do 100,000 lookups. Uh -huh, so, we haven't checked buffers at that time, only timing, which is quite well. Only to, yeah, again, I would do some things differently now. This is a couple of years ago, but the yeah, the, the lookups, whilst they were both under a second, I think it was something like 30 or 40 percent faster for the hash lookups, which was. I thought actually quite significant. So I think there are some cases where in some extreme, you know, if you've got long strings and you only care about uniqueness lookups, then I think there's a case for using them. But that is obviously a very narrow, very specific. I wonder in these tests if you considered the planning time, because I guess uh, if table is not absolutely huge like billions of rows so in this case planning time can be maybe even a bigger contributor than index scan itself right so we need to exclude it uh, using like maybe prepare statements and consider all execution right that would be a good test but also why would the planning time differ between index types I'm, I'm not saying it's di it differs I'm saying if you can comparing uh, with like latencies yeah sure Trick. What percentage of planning time is there in here? So we need to exclude it to compare uh, clean uh, numbers, right? Yeah, that'd be great. I don't think we used compared statements. I'm pretty sure we didn't. And honestly, I wouldn't look at timing here at the first, like as first metric. I would still prefer looking at buffers. But okay. <laughs> but so. the but, but the point is they can be more efficient. And that's partly because there. If you imagine a B tree structure, you might have to go through a few late. You know, might go, few go through a few hops, uh, especially once your table gets really large. Now we've talked about partitioning so many times, right? So you could argue that you could keep your B trees relatively small in the grand scheme of things. But if we do get large enough, the the hash structure is just so much more efficient, and that will show up in buffers as well, right? So that is the argument, I think. So you've got smaller potentially smaller indexes for certain you know for highly unique slightly larger data types and potential benefits on the insert and lookup speeds have you, so have I think you considered the two have you considered collisions because if you have only integer yeah. four obviously you might have collisions and you need to resolve this so like additional hops right additional comparison and so on. have you considered yeah, this? I guess like me measure trying to measure some so edge cases yeah, I, I looked into this I looked into the internals a bit well actually there's a there's a couple of really good internals pages on the postgres docs on hash indexes and there's only a throwaway word quite early on in one of them that mentions that they are a lossy index type so it's not the not the only lossy index type but it means that just by just because we get a match for the hash the the 32-bit integer 
doesn't mean we do actually have a hit. We could have a, have a collision. So there is a recheck and you can get most removed by index recheck type things in, in your explain, but I haven't seen it. Like we're talking, but you'd have to have, well, I'm not so sure you'd have to have billions, but I'm guessing you'd start, you know, in this, in this test I've done, I haven't seen any, but yeah. you, I guess you'd pay that overhead for every lookup, right? Like you're having to do that recheck all the time because they're lossy. It's not just when there are mm-hmm. collisions that you pay that recheck. So those numbers I was talking about include the overhead of rechecks. Okay. So what are the downsides? Uh, why, why shouldn't I use so many, so many, okay. Index only scan, I, as I remember, right? Yep. Lack uh, of, lack of index because scan. we don't have the value in the index, it's mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. impossible to have an index only scan. Right. Um, and that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but if I, in so, my case, if I have large text value, and I consider hash index versus B3 over hash expression. Uh, you can't have an index only scan there either. Yeah, because I cannot fetch the original value. So yeah. it's not a reason that would stop me from using hash index. Okay. No. Right. In fact, have okay. you considered collisions for that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to implement it yourself. That's true. Yeah. So I think the big one is ordering. Obviously not in the case you're talking about where you're hashing, but the, the big advantage B-trees have is they order your data and that supports so many different and things. Greater than less than comparison, obviously. So it's like- yeah, range scans. Yeah, it feels like an, a limitless number of things that that, that then enables. Right, um, you can deal with collation issues. It's so cool. They can be corrupted because of uh, collection change. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> so maybe, hash it, maybe hash indexes are less likely to get corrupted. Right. Okay. Mm. It also, Actually, what? what if the hash function like create a different mm. value instead? I don't think it. Yeah, that's a good good question. I don't know how it's implemented internally. It should not be super difficult. And but obviously, how will it hash? non-latent characters and so on and yeah it does exactly. depend on glibc change version change for example it's an interesting question i ha- never had this question because again i'm not <clears> seeing them in, in the world often at all so another huge difference and i don't think this is a i don't think this is necessary based on its i don't think this is like the index only scans where it's literally impossible but you in postgres we can't use hash indexes to enforce uniqueness so for unique constraints which is a big deal. Like that's a really like, for example, they, we can't use them for primary keys or like, there's no point because we've already got a B tree index on them. Okay. Good to know. Um, <laughs> what else? Multicolon, right? I remember now. Multi- yeah. Multicolon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we, okay. we don't, so hash indexes don't support multicolon. But you can you combine your, values or you can, I don't yeah. know. Like. <laughs> so, yeah. But more to the point, like one of the big nice things about multi-column B-tree indexes is we've also got the, the sorting sorted by the first column, then sorted by the second. So we just don't have advantages like that. And it, it ties into the index only scans as well, right? Like mo- one of the best things about multi-column indexes is we then get potential for index only scans as well. So these things, a lot of them are uh, interplay. One difference that isn't necessarily a, an issue, but I found interesting, I thought you might as well, was that the fill factor for hash indexes is 75 by default, whereas B-trees is 90. Really interesting. 
some old decision, I guess. Maybe no, but maybe I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess like in the in the blog post we looked at what does it look like if you change the fill factor to twenty five, fifty, or a hundred, and at a hundred versus seventy five, you just see you see it not getting larger as quickly, but when it does, it bounces at a faster rate. So as the index grows, it grows less at first and then more all at once. So my guess is it's some trade-off between general perform general size and performance and the impact of splits or the, the cost we pay at splits. And in fact, this is probably the biggest one you'd want to consider on the, on the difference between doing a B-tree index on a hash function versus using a hash index. And that's how they would, how inset performance would look in terms of probably not average latency, but maybe the standard deviation of latency. So with hash indexes, the way they're structured, we have buckets that values can go into, but beyond a certain size, Postgres works out and it handles all this for you. It, it decides, oh, we need more space. It'd be best to have another bucket let's split one of the existing buckets and then we pay that overhead during the insert, right? Like that, you can slow down your insert. So my guess is the standard deviation for inserts would be perhaps significantly higher than BG's, but I haven't checked. It's one another thing I would like to do. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. But, but, but yeah. so on high throughput, it, it's also, there's a note in the internals document about high throughput. Let's say you're got a really high throughput table you might actually be better off with your B-tree index that you mentioned than a hash one. Okay. And multi-column index, I think we can... I, I, I've just checked, by the way, uh, hash record uh, applied to whole table row. It works. Producers enter for number. It works. I, I think we, we might probably decide to use it to... I remember I was always using the MD5 hash Converting role first to text and then MD5, but maybe hash record is a better choice when we need to, for example, compare the content of two snapshots row by row, you know, like to find which, which rows were changed, uh, comparing them, like joining by ID, by primary key, for example, and then we compare hashes of whole row, right? And in this case, hash record is working. I wonder if like if we okay, multi-column index is not supported. What if we just combine multiple columns and produce hash out of them, and almost the same, right? It's strange that it's not supported. Like, I mean, we can still only use uniqueness lookups, right? So yeah, I guess it's the case where you want to see if two columns, when combined, are equal to the record you've stored. Yeah, but I, I'm not seeing the same benefits. Okay, I will check a couple of things more. Yeah. Any more, uh, any more limitations, or that's it? Don't think so. Uh, I might have missed one, but like those for me are pretty, they're, they're substantial limitations. And I think if you're, like when you're, imagine when you're designing a system or you're choosing an index type for a new feature building, and it turns out that right now the uh, hash might just about come out on top. Maybe you get a slightly smaller index. Maybe your lookups are slightly faster. I'm not sure I'd still advise using a hash index. I think I might say, look, you're if your requirements change in the future, if you ever do need to look up like a range of these values, if there's, there's some analytics you might need to do on it or something, 
you might have been better off with a beta index. You've got that extra flexibility. You've also got, I think, probably more effort being put into optimizations on them going forwards. If it's a tight call between them, I might still encourage people not to use them in general. I never did it. I just did it. I used hash record function applied to whole row in a table, which has three columns. And then I created index on top of this, that hash record. So first time I created an index, not specifying columns, but involving on all, involving all columns in a table. This is super strange. It could be B3 actually as well, because hash record produces integer four, right? So it applies to all columns. So I said the create index on T1 using hash of hash record of T1. That I mean, the whole record. That's that's What's super strange. The, I, I need to what think. What use about case it. are you imagining for this? I don't know. I'm just I'm just exploring. You know, like uh, yeah. curious. I don't know. Maybe like again, like to to track um, which records uh, changed content or something. I I don't know. I don't know. It's just interesting that it works. I I, I thought it, we are required to specify columns, right? When we like this column, that column, but here you just specify whole record and it works. This shows flexibility of Postgres as usual, right? Yeah. But it, yeah. I, I created multi-column index hash, but it's hash of hash. <laughs> so it's double hashing here. Okay. So I don't know, like I'm still thinking about use cases. I still only like realistic one is only this like really large text values. That's it so far for me. Yeah. And when you only need unique lookups of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Uh, so I will keep it in mind. Something yeah. New. I love, I love yeah. that we've gone that during this episode, we've gone from, I, some, I never have use cases for hash indexes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Um, but I also think, you know, you said you've seen them in the wild. I think that might be a result of people overthinking it or and, and i was there a couple of years ago i was thinking you know there might be some cases where that difference is is meaningful and worthwhile but for the flexibility i think anyway mm -hmm. uh, i've said that a few times now cool well thank you nikolai thanks for indulging me hopefully a few people found that interesting and useful and yeah catch you next yeah, week thank you bye bye